Hello, and welcome to the Meaningfulistic Podcast. I am your host, Gabriel Gonzalez, and I'm asking questions about what matters, to who, and why, in the deepest, most personal sense. This is an exploration to find deep meaning at the intersection of the secular and the sacred, the artistic and the scientific. I'll interview ordinary people who find creative, unique, and profound ways to live a holistically healthy life that is in tune with the physical, mental, emotional, social, intellectual, and spiritual. It is the both and of the yin and yang of what it means to be. In this episode, I have another conversation with Mark Donaldson about his recovery from addiction. I cannot say enough about this man and his willingness to share his story with others. One of the great things about Mark is he's one of those people that don't have a filter and don't have a filter in a good way. Everything he's saying in this episode doesn't need to be filtered because it's amazing. None of this is written down. All of the quotes that he uses, all of the mantras that he has, all of the things that he builds his personal life around, his faith, his desire for self-improvement is authentic. Um, I'm very grateful for his vulnerability and his willingness to share his experience, his strengths, and his hope. And he's delivering this message with the intent of helping somebody else. There is so much that he says that you won't be able to gather it all in one listening, but I have some of the relevant quotes added to the show notes. What you will not find in there is my misquotation of the Bible. If you know the passage, then you get a star. What you will hear at the end is a little bit of him coaching me because that's what he does. He is a good brother. And a lot of this podcast coming to fruition is due to his encouragement. So thank you, brother. This is episode four of the Meaningfulistic Podcast, Recovery from Addiction with Mark Donaldson. Today, I have the honor of speaking to my good friend, Mark Donaldson, again. Thank you, sir, for coming on to the show. Hey, Gabriel. Good to talk to you, sir. Excellent. And today's topic is about recovering from alcoholism and in, 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 in the ways that you found sobriety and meaning through that uh, transformation of your life. So the one thing that you told me, uh, um, or this 12-step program actually has a spiritual uh, aspect to it that I didn't know in the beginning. I limited understanding of the uh, 12-step program was very, I just assumed it was like a psychological process, right? Um, I wanted to maybe go back to where I first heard it. I was kind of embarrassing. I, it was It was from the movie Clueless. This is 1995. This is pre, you know, internet basically. So this guy, so this movie was, or before, you know, you know, but you had, you know, 1995 people, you're lucky to get like dialed up in your house. So this movie comes out and this guy's talking about, yeah, there's these 12 steps. And, and, and one of the steps is, is, is make, basically like making amends of, 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 you know, your past failures with people. So he had to apologize to someone. And I was like, what? is he talking about 
And of course it was about this 12 step program. So I did not know anything. Everything I knew about it was from the movie Clueless, which kind of describes <laughs> me. <laughs> so uh, I guess maybe tell, tell me about your journey where you started and where, like you said, uh, where this uh, recovery began. Yeah. Hey, I'm Mark and I'm a recovered alcoholic. Um, I, uh, I'm never cured of alcoholism, but I get better every day and I'm recovered from a hopeless mind and body. Um, today, uh, I have a daily reprieve contingent on the maintenance of my spiritual condition and I can recover from a hopeless mind, body, and spirit. If I fit myself to be, um, as spiritual as I can, um, often, you know, I know you through, through church, right. And, um, Often people confuse spirituality and religion. Um, they're not that different, but a lot of us have this conception of God um, that is a fearful one. Um, we've lots of fear in our life anyways, but so it makes sense that we would also fear God um, in a lot of ways. And um, I, I, I respect God uh, and I, I, I want to do, I want to be his man today. Um, and I don't want to be going fighting against him. And so, but I don't know that I, um, I don't know that it's based in fear because my God doesn't really want me to live in fear. He wants me to live in faith and that trust that he has the right plan for me. And so when I first got sober, I tried to get sober, like, I don't know. So it's, right now today I have one year, seven months and 14 days, uh, or 591 days of constant sobriety. I'm sober from all drugs and alcohol. I originally got sober um, this time. I haven't had a drink, which is a distinguished. So I got sober with from Adderall on 12, 9, 20, but I, I quit drinking on February, on a Friday, the 13th, uh, November 13th in 2020. But, you know, I got rid of alcohol, right? I got rid of uh, every payday. It was really stressful. I have, not enough money in the bank and too many guys that wanted me to pay them. And I was trying to figure out how the hell I was going to do that. And so every, every Friday I was really tempted to go drink. Um, but you know, I, I use some other medication uh, in the form of, uh, marijuana and, and occasionally, um, you know, edibles just rarely. Uh, but so I, I got rid of all that. And then, uh, I, I had Adderall and Adderall was a, uh, it's a thing that's commonly prescribed. I never wanted to be labeled um, as like a hyperactivity uh, kind of kid. And so I never, I don't think we ever took the test or did anything like that. Um, I always thought those kids that went and took Ritalin were weird in school, but I found it to be like my limitless drug. You referenced clueless, like I referenced limitless. When I took Adderall, like I could pack in oh, yes, um, yes. 48 to 72 hours in a 24 hour period. Um, yeah. I, I didn't, I tried to stay up all night to work. Um, still today when I'm in fear and I'm really anxious, my, my knack is, is, Hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stay up all night and just power through this. Yes. Um, so today trusting God for me looks like going to sleep every night and just being okay with things not maybe being a hundred percent done or as good as I want. Cause I know that I have the next day to do it cause it's a one day at a time thing. Um, but this, this, the, the program that I'm in, um, 
is a 12-step program. Probably everyone's always heard about it. They always think it's dark and dingy and not um, filled with like normal, uh, ordinary people. Um, there's guys in it that uh, come from all different walks of life, guys and girls. Um, I stick, you know, they when you first get sober, they say stick with the stick with the winners. Well, who's a winner? We'll stay with sober people um, at first, and then they all say stick. Men stick with the men, women stick with the women, mm-hmm. and and then eventually maybe you can mix, but you'll find, uh, just like we have a church, like, you know, uh, we have our groups as men we stay together and we talk about things as men that we won't talk about in front of women. And if we talk about it in front of women, they'll, you'll see ego and all this, uh, see some insecurity come out. Right. Yeah. And when you're alone as a guy, you get that vulnerability, you get that raw emotion. You can, um, but, you know, most of the people in my program, they didn't come in a winning streak. Right? They had problems. Um, either it's related to the opposite sex. And so they say keep away from the opposite sex, right? It's because it just doesn't help the situation. If you're going to work on you, you, you put your oxygen mask on first when you're on a plane. And then other people, you got to take care of you first. And if you get distracted, uh, it's not a good thing. So they say most of us come in with a problem, right, of some kind. And it's either it's either a judge, it's either a woman or an opposite, a partner, right? So, and, or it's um, a money issue, right? And, you know, I had a lot of problems. I could get into all that. But the biggest thing is I didn't want to live anymore. I thought the idea of, killing myself or committing suicide was a better idea than maybe going bankrupt. Um, I am a small business owner and I, I was worried that I was going to, um, go bankrupt. And, you know, I, I pay, spent a lot of money trying to train and trying to bring, build a team and build people on, but I was not a very good leader. I was not very present, um, because I didn't, you know, and I would mask my problems with alcohol. And I also, didn't take the time to train other people because I didn't, I had a trust issue and I didn't, um, so basically was wasting money by having people around me because they made me feel comfortable, but I never spent the time to invest in those people. And I got caught in um, a situation where I I owed a bunch of money and a lot of it was related to people owed me some money. And I was too afraid of what people think. I was worried about going and collecting money from people that, uh, that I did work for. And I thought that, that if I pushed too hard, that I would have a bad reputation and I cared way more about my reputation than I should have. And so the sobriety program that I'm part of, um, it's, it's a, most people think it's a drinking program that touches on spirituality, but really it's a spiritual program that deals with drinking. And then once it deals with drinking, it deals with all different aspects of your life. Uh, it started out as something for alcohol and it's evolved into, you know, there's 12 step programs all over the world for all different types of things, ranging from uh, gambling to overeating, to uh, sex addictions, to uh, debtors anonymous, to uh, codependency, to anything and everything that you could probably think of. Um, my experience is, uh, is I'm uh, a part of the one that deals with alcohol because um, it, it, it's the beginning. 
right? Just like I'm part of the Catholic Church, right? I joined the Catholic Church because I think that's the first church uh, I was called to. God directed me there. Um, if you got the good stuff, why do you need something else, right? But but the uh, the thing I'm in, you know, it's not a religious program, right? Yeah. Um, most people in religion, you know, they they uh, they pray to a God that they're afraid of and a God that's going to take send them straight to hell if they do wrong, right? Well, my God doesn't want the worst for me. He wants me to accept him and choose him and, and seek him. And right in our, what it says in our, our preamble or uh, in the beginning of almost every meeting, it says um, God could and would if he were sought. Right. And so that's what it says on my bracelet that I wear. It also says um, God is everything or else he is nothing. And so if God's everything, then I treat everything as good as I possibly can, because who am I to be rude or hurtful, or mean or cruel or not tolerant or not loving, not kind to any of God's creatures. Um, but so my God today is not, you know, I've, I've been to hell, right? Before I got sober, I was at the, and even after I got sober, it was not a very pleasant experience. I would wake up in fear. I would not want to wake up. I would wake up anxious. I still wanted to do bad things to myself because that's, the things that we told my, that's what I told myself. And that's what I had programmed in my head and the, and the devil lies. Right. Um, and he will tell you whatever it is that you're doing that you can't do it anymore or this isn't working or, you know, but he puts these, puts, puts fear into you when really we should have faith. And that's what this program has helped me grow. And I get to experience my experience. I get to share my experience strength and hope and so my experience was that i knew god i just wasn't living for god i always tried to make god fit into my life to be the kind of way that i wanted him to be you know like if if uh i like to use sports metaphors so it was like hey god take a knee i got a i got a great plant here let me come up with a a, a good three-minute offense you know <laughs> god doesn't need my help god doesn't he doesn't need my help with his three-minute offense yeah. um instead of trying to be uh the master of my own domain i just try to be the best guy i can be for god and if i'm as good as i can be for god then i can go out and be useful to god and to others and if i help other people then i feel good and it's a cycle that just keeps on paying itself back. It's a little bit selfish. Um, most people would never say that it's selfish, but you have to be selfish, right? Who you hang out with, who you spend your time with, who you invest with. If you're not getting fed or nourished, right, in the right way, like me and you both were in relationships that weren't very healthy, right? Um, that's how we kind of connected. And, you know, I deeply care about the, that person still, right? But she doesn't serve me anymore. Right. And so you can't keep going back to things that don't serve you anymore. And so just like you serve your greater purpose, in other words, yeah, yeah, what you're aiming for, your goal. Um, Exactly. She's not on that path with you. That's what you're saying. Yeah. And good person, you know, good person, great, might have a good plan and things like that. But, you know, specifically speaking of that person, I'm not going to name, um, you know, I, I, I thought about getting sober when I dated her, yeah. you know, all on my own. My brother had just started in sobriety. I don't have a great relationship with him, but I, 
uh, I appreciate that he got sober and he, he, he stayed sober. Um, and I appreciate that he's, he came, he gave me space to do my own thing when I first got sober. And, and then he came into the rooms after a while cause he needed to help. You know, it's not a thing that you just go there, get fixed and you never come back. Right. It's a lifestyle. Like you, you keep going to God every single day over every single issue and your life will get better. It can't, it can't not get better. Um, the thing that I'm in, like they talk about it, like anonymity a lot. Right. And I'm not saying I'm not a spokesperson for any organization whatsoever. Right. I'm just a regular dude who doesn't want to die anymore, who doesn't drink alcohol or do drugs, uh, tries not to hit on married women or women that are, have boyfriends or uh, tries not to borrow money from people or do anything that bad. Right? I just try to live a normal life. Um, but the, and I lost my train of thought there, but. Um, you're not the, 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 the program that you're in. Yeah, the program. But the thing that they don't talk about is this anonymity thing. The thing that's kind of anonymous at first, and this is might blow your mind is God. Because if we don't, if we talk about God and you lead with God, right. There's so many people that have had such a bad experience with religion yeah. and God and with their thing, or my dad made me do this, or my mom made us do this, or this happened. And I, something bad happened. And I, I associate my bad thing that happened to that religion or God. So you can't lead with, and we don't lead with that. Right. Um, you know, it starts with honesty, open-mindedness, and willingness. Like, we have to be open-minded to that there is a concept of God, right? And there's open-minded about pretty much all things. And so, willing to willing to lead, go to go to meetings, and willing to talk to people, and willing to do things that we had, had never done differently, right? And if we're not going to live a life of honesty, then it's like, what's the freaking point, right? And the point in my program that I say all that, that I love the only the one sentence that's the most important thing in this book that we read, the point is to grow along spiritual lines. And so today I'm growing in all areas of my life. Cause if I don't grow, right. That either means I'm not trusting God. I think I have enough, right. Or I think I'm going to lose something I got. So I need to, you know, I need to, I can't harvest this investment. Right. And I can't hold on to it for more than a day. I got to keep working to grow and main like prosper. And that's, and I, I trust God when I do it because God wants me to put all my trust in him. Somebody says trusting God only counts when you don't want to trusting God really counts when you don't want to, because when you do things you don't want to do, but you know that God, that's what God has in store for you. Then, you know, you, you get closer and closer to him. And that's, that's all that my God wants me to do is to get closer and closer to him. By the way, I'm pretty, I'm pretty certain our gods are the same gods. Yeah. Most gods are, but yeah, there's like, you know, you mentioned that, that resistance that people have. And I think there's that categorization of trying to say, well, like you said, um, people don't have a positive relationship with their spiritual selves it's not i have a problem with god it's 
I have a problem. It's at it's, it's it's like you don't know God well enough to have a spiritual problem with Him. I think, I mean, I might be arrogant to say, but I think a lot of people like you know. I think everyone has a, I guess a a, a elementary school when you're growing up, an elementary school level of God, right? And your level, your understanding of God as punitive right authoritative um like you said someone who's going to punish uh is it, it needs to transform as you get older um i think a lot of people don't take that effort to say well you know why do good things happen to bad people why does evil exist in the world um i don't have effort to discover this other side of God that other people are so happy about or so find so much meaning in. And you, like you said, living your life along those spiritual lines of having that orientation of a good God helping you. And, and I think a lot of people like, like have that resistance for that reason, because they haven't made that transition um, to a spirituality in themselves um, that combines who they are what they believe in, what their purpose is, and say, you know what, that's a spiritual purpose. Um, that's, you could say like, um, like your purpose in life is your, is your job or your career. That's really short-sighted, right? It's really small to think that way or how much money you can make. Um, and, and that's why I love this learning about this. So um, like I, this- I put all my, I put my, all my worth all my worth into my career in this company called Roof MD Engineer Contract. I I I never realized that it, I'm Roof MD. Uh, it, the company is not me. I am it, and um, and the company's still alive. It's not bankrupt. Um, just like I'm still alive, I'm not bankrupt. Uh, the way I feel about all that, I'm not afraid of doing going through that if I have to. If that's what God wants me to do. But so far, so good. He's provided, uh, and I've I've acted as if it depends upon me. But I know in my heart of hearts, it's all God, and that's what any healthy, recovered, or recovering person would say: is they act as if it depends on them, but they know that it depends on upon God. But uh, I, I I put just you hit when you said that. It just like I. I mean, that's where I was at. I put so much worth and so much stuff into my career. And, you know, God forbid what happens if I don't have my company. Like, I, I got saved. I, I have some Catholic friends that I work for, right? And they, I'm the first guy they hire that is in sobriety. They hired another guy. We're killing it in sales. Um, <laughs> because when, God, when God's for you, who can be against you? And so he, uh, it's nice that, that there's, there's another guy there, but like they've every month I get a, I get a chip at, at first and I'd give them my sobriety chip to say thank you because I mean, they, they helped save my life and they, they're, it, it's not a bound thing. I, I don't have to work for them forever and I don't have to work for them at all, but I think together we're better. And I think that whole thing about recovery is all about connection and together. Like I get drunk. We stay sober is a motto that we have. And together, mm. um, we we can do a lot of things. And 
and that together, you know, it's two fingers, right? Me, you, and God, right? And God is the big guy, right? Always, um, in, always, always in, in it, like the glue, right? Or that, or that, that spirit that is in between two people that's always there. Like, you know, where one or two are gathered in my name. Um, yeah. And so, and so this, this thing is, uh, you know, they started out as a group and they started out lead, you know, they call it leading with the chin, but they talked about religion and they talked about spirituality and that turns off a lot of people right at first. And so they, those people have to have, a, have to like want what you have and see that you're doing good. If you're not doing good, you're not going to get good. Nobody wants what you've got. Right. But when you start doing good because you feel good, because you've got God with you and you've got the good, right? Then people want what you have. And, and then other people will be like, I'll do whatever it takes, you know? And so they'll eventually evolve into hopefully having either a spiritual awakening where it's a burning bush and bright, bright light. Like, Oh my God, how can I live the way I've been doing? Or they'll have a, um, a spiritual experience that grows gradually over time. Right. It doesn't have to be one or the other. Um, you know, just like, you know, the RCI process is a very long kind of, you know, thing. And, um, you know, it's a, it's a unique that it, it takes a little bit of time. You know, you can't just, you got to want it and you got to work for it. Right. Um, and just like the early on stuff in the church, but this thing is, it's not that hard. Right. But, but the people that really want it, right they, they surrender their will and their life over to the care of god as they understand him right and then they seek god like just saying you want to yeah. right turn your will and your life over to god that's just a decision then you have to do stuff and you have to do the action and the action right reinforces your decision and if you do enough action right then your decision is ingrained because that's just who you become but a lot of people say they want to do stuff, but they don't do what they say for whatever reason. And so um, our whole motto that they say a lot is trust God, clean house, and help others. And there's a lot of good organizations that try to do the same thing, right? The cleaning house, right? We Maybe not because people don't like to have uncomfortable conversations. So you have to get comfortable having uncomfortable conversations with people. And, you know, in life, if I'm going to be here, I'm going to be here, like today in the present. And that's where God is. He's not in the future and he's, and he's not in the, he's in the past. Right. But he, but I can't live in the past and I can't live in the future. I got to be right here. And that's where I meet God. And uh, if I'm going to be um, in this thing, right, I'm going to be all in. So that's what I try to do every day is be all in for God. So my question, I mean, you have, you have this faith, right. And you, you and it's ingrained in you. Um, but you said there was kind of a time where it wasn't, um, when you went there, like the first time, you know, I don't know, like, like, like you said, I can imagine, uh, empty room, bunch of folding chairs around some cold coffee, you know, some still donuts. And the first thing somebody jumps up and says is God, it's like, okay, I'm out. Right. It's like, I didn't know this is what this was about. So I'm just going to sneak on out. So 
were you one of those people or, or, or what kind of happens in that transition? <laughs> like, like what makes people stay or return? Um, like you said, it's, it, you could look at other people and say, well, I like what, you know, this guy looks like he has it together. Um, or you could say, man, I'm not as bad as some of these people in here. <laughs> you know, that, that can be a, a, yeah. a motivator, but, but what is it that you think that like makes people want to stay or even come back? Um, like you said, it could be, I don't know. I'll leave that up to you. What, what are the things that you, that, cause those are the things that matter. Why would you do something better for yourself? Regardless yeah, of the spirituality. Yeah. There's a fellowship of, um, the program, right. And then there's a fellowship of the group. So some people like to be around other people in the group and some people like work doing the program. Right. And some people are active participants, in uh, their recovery and they, they, they're doing whatever they need to do to be a part of the program. Right. And then some people are actively involved in the fellowship. Right. I'm a firm believer that you're uh, you may be in and out of the fellowship. Right. But once you're in the program, you're in the program. Right. Um, and like, once you say you've done it and you're going to do it, you're in the program Now you may not go to meetings. You may not um, um, may have a hard time staying sober Right. If that's what your goal is, you know, but you're in, you're in it, right. And once you, cause it's a, no matter what program we're in it and no matter what, we're going to stay sober is the goal. And if we're not, we're not going to shoot our wounded. But when I, um, when I first, they, someone said this, you mentioned, you know, oh, I don't have the, I'm not as bad as that guy. Well, that's yeah. a motivation for some people. Yeah. If, there's a joke. There's a joke that uh, if we all threw our problems into a circle, right. And we have, throw them all on the table and showed them. Right. We all take our own problems back because, you know, you don't want to deal with bankruptcy. And I don't want to have to deal with divorce and, <laughs> and what's his name doesn't want to have to deal with a cheating wife and whatever yeah. it is. Right. You know, um, uh, so we'll all keep our own problems and realize our problems aren't that bad. It's, awesome. it's it, But we don't live in the problem. Right. We when we first get there, we have problems and we think that our problem is the most important thing in the world. We live in the solution. And the solution is that we're selfish and self-centered, right? And now we got to figure out how to not be selfish and self-centered and be God-centered, right? But you can't lead off with that at a, usually a beginner's meeting because a beginner is going to be like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. When I first got sober um, in, in 2019, I went into the rooms for about 10 days. In November of 2019, it might have been October, um, I had dated a girl. Um, I had been kind of a little heartbroken, but we had a connection that was deep and she one of the best for me. I wanted the best for her. It just probably wasn't going to work. Um, fast forward. She's the same girl that I got. So yeah. I saw, and I said, you have your problems in your life are so bad that I want to show up in a way that I can to be helpful to you and me being drunk all the time right is not a helpful thing for you or for me and so i'm going to get sober so that i can maybe one day show up in a way in your life that would be helpful um arrogantly of me to think god i can help i'm i'm this hero and i'm going to save this person or make her better mm. all on my own right but but that was my motivation when i got sober she was the person that encouraged me to look at a year before and i went in and um I, you know, and, and I'd asked a girl, the girl before, 
uh, the year before, like, Hey, I think about getting sober. And she said, she was like, nah, I don't think it's a good idea. <laughs> it sound like it. I don't think, you, I don't want to date a guy that's sober. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I, didn't, I, didn't drink, I didn't drink that much when I was in a relationship with her, but I, um, I didn't drink that much when I was around her. Like, right. But when I wasn't around her, it's what I did. I drank, you know, because I, I wanted to be around her all the time because I mm. more more is better. So if I didn't, I'm gonna go drink. I'm gonna drink as much as I can because I don't get to drink when I'm around her. And then when I'm around her, she never liked it when I would. I'd always order a beer right before you go. And you know, I saw that from my dad did it a lot. And you know, I mean, it, it's would stink to want a beer and not have one if you've left the restaurant, right? So I'd always order one um, before I went. But um, but I went in 19. Uh, for t- 10 days to two weeks and granted I was still taking Adderall mm. and the first when I came back in the rooms I still take that took, I came in for about 25 days still taking Adderall I had weaned off started weaning off of it because I and I had quit Adderall in between I had quit Adderall for like two weeks still drank and I realized holy crap I cannot drink like I used to when I don't have Adderall like I would get tired and I would, I'd have to, and I couldn't drink as much, you know, the Adderall, Adderall is like electricity. It would make me tense and tight. And as soon as I took it, I felt like a different person. And so I would immediately start drinking usually with it because it would calm my nerves or settle me or make me relax. And so when I first went in the room on night in 19, um, I thought they were making fun of God. Right. Because they had these concepts like if God could and what he were saw it and all this stuff. I thought they were talking crap about my God. You know, I, I had my I was afraid and I was insecure. and I had all these doubts and I didn't know what this thing was. And I wish somebody would just sit down and explain it all to me and just give me the cheat code, you know, because I was impatient and I was self-centered. I wanted to be fixed immediately. Most people come in thinking that they're going to learn how to drink like a gentleman. Right. <laughs> Tolerance right like we have to be uh we don't get learned to have a tolerance right we have to we learn to be tolerant of others um but we don't learn you know it's it's complete abstinence when i first got in i did think that abstinence meant everything and yeah. not just alcohol yeah. um, but um god forgive me you know um you know because i there's some things i like right like i when i first got in you know, i drank drink, i smoked cigarettes and uh, cigars because I didn't want to give up all my vices, right? I, I hadn't uh, had a serious relationship in a, in a long, long time, and still haven't really in sobriety. I've gone on some dates, but I thought, oh my god, I can't give up girls forever. This is going to be boring, right? But I've just worked on me um, and trusted God throughout the whole thing. And um, the abstinence thing is just a hundred percent abstinence from alcoholic. Like the way we stay sober is one day at a time. And we say the first drink gets you drunk, right? Now, does the first drink get you drunk? For an alcoholic, the first drink triggers a whole bunch of others. And it's never one. I never wanted one drink, right? I always wanted as many as I could get. I like. I was in distribution. We bought in bulk. I mean, I think I remember I bought 100 beers one time with my friends. One, because I wanted to look cool. Two, because I thought it was a good value, even though I wasn't really getting a discount. I just was, I didn't want to wait in line. 
you know and um anyways it's just god god uh god shows himself in different people and different experiences that you encounter with these people and the room at first is like they don't talk about god you talk about what you're you relate to people you talk you learn about you talk about what it was like. It's usually a step zero meeting. You know? mm. That's not even a step. Yeah. <laughs> right? What is step zero? It's the shit that happened before we got here. Now, do you live in that? Do you live in the problem? No, but someone's got to relate and understand like there's something that happened that caused so much pain and hurt and fear and trouble in your life that either a judge, a woman, your boss, Right. Your lack of a job, your, you know, no one can make you stay sober. Right. But there's a lot of people that can push you kicking and screaming into the rooms. And <sighs> nobody did that for me. They kind of wanted me to. My brother st- crossed the boundary a couple times that I didn't appreciate. Um, but, um, and kind of hurt a, you know, hurt a relationship. But, you know, I, I trust that, you know, he was trying to do the best he could do. Right. He was trying to help me. He was worried about his brother and he was trying to be helpful to another another person and do what God wanted him to do. Um, You know, I have a hard time with anybody, though, that's in the program that doesn't talk about God anymore. Right. Or have a problem with faith. Um, Because. You know. Faith without works is dead. Like I got to still work and do my work and do my part and I got to kick ass as best I can. But I know that it's up to God. And too many people get into this whole thing like it's all about me. Or look what I did. And, you know, it's, you know, mm. just God, you know, we used to think God is an architect and he has this master plan, you know. I, and there's a song that says it by uh, Jason um, Isabel. And it says, that, you know, he's really like a pipe bomb ready to explode. And I think he just drops bombs in our lives and gives us some troubles so that when we think we're doing good, something bad happens. Well, that's a test of, do we really go to God? Do we really believe in God? And when, when we're really um, bad, you know, when we can really go to God, when we're in the worst place in our life, like we're protected and cared and we have providence with him. You know, we might not be able to, we might still have problems, but they change over time, you know? So I think like those problems, I don't know if I answered your question. Yeah, but. no, you, you go on a roll, man. I'm not going to stop you. Cause I see what you're, I see the line that you're following. So like, like you said, the problems that you have, the problems that are you aware of or the reasons why they go there. And then there's that level of vulnerability that allows people to share it. And then once, as you know, once you share a vulnerability, it, it's, it's viewed as perceived as courage from the other people. And, they, and then that it builds that connection to where this guy just spilled his guts. This guy just told me something that I can't believe. This guy said something that I don't think I could recover from, and he's still here. And I think that level, like that step zero uh, builds that connection on a human level that people on a spiritual level probably not ready to to like you said accept that it's coming from that that the program has a you know god 
you know, not even Christ. I mean, is it, do they, is it a Jesus oriented or is it just God in general? God, however you want to label God. God as you, God as you understand them. Because yeah. when I originally started, um, there was a group called the Oxford group and they led with God. They led with, it was very, I believe it was like Methodist based. If I, I believe, but, um, you know, and I think they had eight steps and not 12. Um, uh, but you know, think about this. If God is everything or else he's nothing, right. Then why, why would we limit like anybody having their own conception of God? Because we want people to get better. Right. And God wants people to get better. Right. And God doesn't need the ego. Like he doesn't have need the attention. He doesn't need the, like he can be anonymous, be just fine. If people are getting better and seeking God. Right. And people see God in all different places. Right. And things, right. The sunset, right. Your dog, your connection with people. So um, for me, my God is definitely um, God, the father, Jesus Christ and the Holy spirit. Right. That's who my God is. But everyone has their own um, conception of God. And for, you know, just like, I'm not going to ever tell anyone how to, how they have to believe. Right. The biggest thing is they can't believe that they are God and that they are the center of the whole universe. And most people, when they come in here, they are very selfish and self-centered and they only care about them. And they've hurt a lot of people and they've done a lot of selfish behavior and lifestyles that just is not good. So they don't talk about that specifically. Um, my sponsor, my first sponsor, uh, in this program, because we have sponsors in it, uh, it was a, a, a Judaism faith, right? And um, currently, my sponsor, another my sponsor, I think is Episcopalian, right? Um, you know, it doesn't, we would be cutting off people. And we what we don't want to do is cut off people from the sunlight of the spirit, and the sunlight of the spirit is God. And so, just it's not a, we're trying to, you know, it's a program for people that that want it right. Not a program for people that, that need it. Right. Um, and, and it might not even be a program for people that want it. Right. Cause if it's a program for not a program for people that need it, and it's not a program that people that want it, it's a program for people that work it, right. And that do it and that live it. Cause if you're not doing it, then what the hell are you doing? You know? And so, uh, one of my good buddies, um, and college roommate, uh, I had a lot of college roommates, so good luck figuring out who that is. Um, he he would always get on my ass about just finish the steps, get it done, do the work, you know. Like that was his motto, and I was like, just be better. And he'd say, just get be better. It's like, what do you mean? And you know, pissed me the fuck off. Excuse my language. <laughs> it pissed me the fuck off. And but finally, I appreciate what he was saying, like. You know, like I can sit and complain and and be a part of the problem by being a guy that has to point out the problem. Or I can be a part of the solution by a guy that's actually going to go and do things to get better. Right. And to do things like to trust God. And so there's a bunch of steps. You mentioned the, the men's step. That's not 
the, the steps are written in order to be taken in order to be used as needed. You know, you, you do them with someone else who's had experience and that's worked them. Um, because how, you know, when I first got in, I, you know, I kind of was like, Hey, I, they talk about God. I got God. I know God. I don't know if they know God, but I know God. And then, you know, I'm like, okay, I got to make a list and I got to do this. And then I got to make amends. So I started calling my dad uh, that ex-girlfriend that never wanted me to quit drinking <laughs> until she wanted me to quit drinking. Um, and, you know, like I tried to like make it all better immediately. And, you know, it's, you do it in a, you do it in a way that, um, that works. I, I personally like to, to, to go quick, right. Cause it's life and death. Right. I think alcohol will only, you know, if you're an alcoholic like I was, or some of my friends are, and none of them's ever going to tell you that you're an alcoholic. You got to figure that on your own. Like that's the step one part. You got to figure out that you're powerless over it and that your life is unmanageable. My life was very unmanageable, but I thought I could manage well. So that's when I came in, I realized I had a problem, but I thought I'll just manage this better. I'll just, I don't have a drinking problem. I have a time management and anxiety problem. I'll just be more organized and have an itinerary and agenda. And a year later I'm in the rooms. And, um, but, uh, but yeah, no, the, the, um, I lost my train of thought there, but uh, the, the process of the steps are, oh, they, are, are designed to lead you with, with a part, with the sponsor, um, gradually. And I guess that's teaching you humility also along the way, humility and patience, right? Um, I think that's the psychological yep. aspect of it. The psychological- yeah, so I want to go. Fast. I want to go. I go fast now because I don't want to go as slow because I don't. It's it's life and death, and I don't want to slow someone's recovery. So I see if they're willing to go to go through the steps as quick as possible because hmm. it's life and death. And like you can go back through the steps. That's what people don't realize. I mean, when I first got in here, it blew my mind. What do you mean you work the steps again? Like, yeah, yeah, you do. You might, you just like you read the Bible more than once, you keep yeah. going to church. It feels good. You do good and you keep doing good. So, um, but yeah, the, the, the second step, you know, you're talking about the God thing. God's all throughout here, right? But the second step is about coming to find God, right? And the power of God and to okay. restore your life. Um, so I want to talk about that because you said, I mean, you have, you always, I like talking to you because you have these quotes, these, these models, the, these things that I've never heard of, like sunlight of the spirit. Um, I, how about you describe that? How is sunlight of the spirit um, a, a, a metaphor for God, for people who can't really, they don't want to use a, a, a God that, that they're familiar with that they don't like. So tell me what, what, where does that phrase come from or, or what does it I'm, mean? I'm, so I'm unoriginal. I have no, I mean, I, I, I took a test actually about it and um, a personality test, my buddy TJ where uh, gave it to me with culture index. And I took this test and it talked about how inventive you are. Right. Yes. And it said part of that, like if you're really inventive, like you're going to invent an iPhone, right. Or make, invent a, a, spy, a flying car or something like that. I can't do that, but I can make a good thing better, right? There's some people that can't even do that. So 
um, I'm pretty unoriginal, but I might be able to borrow some stuff that I've heard and just yeah. kind of make them better. So I just don't want to take any credit um, for anyone else's stuff. But um, I give the, you credit so for I, I give you credit for remembering it and living it. So those things that you say have that power to me. But yes. Well, I, I appreciate it. The sunlight of the spirit. Um, I mean, God is God in, in our, in our Bible, right. In a lot of Bibles is light. Right. Okay. And what is the ultimate source of light in our world? Right. It's the sun. So the sunlight of the spirit, well, God's everything without light, there would be nothing but darkness. What is darkness? Right. Usually, um, sin and 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 devil kind of connotations come with darkness um what is darkness like being closed-minded maybe right being um being self consumed with self and thinking about only yourself and, and not thinking about others um and so i used to want to be a buddy of mine matt johnson told me this back at church camp He's like, I want to be a, I want to be a light in a dark filled room. Right. And I, I wanted to be that too. And I thought that I thought he was talking about bars, right. I want to be the example of what you're supposed to be like. And I want to be able to go to any place, anywhere and be this example. And, and I will say that the longer you um, are the light and you go into dark places, particularly if you stay in dark places, Right your light will dim if you don't feed it with other light similar to our church and our religion. Right. And so, um, the sunlight of the spirit, like if you're basking in the sunlight of the spirit, your energy and your source of light is being renewed. Right. Though hourly we're, we're dying, right. Inwardly we were being renewed day by day for it's not with faith, uh, it's not what is seen, it's what is not seen. That's my favorite verse, 12, 2, 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18. And, you know, that whole being a light in a dark-filled room, like, it's hard to be in a dark-filled room all the time without the light. And so, you know, now I got the light. I can go to dark-filled rooms, and I can be an example. I had the best time singing karaoke in Florida around a bunch of drunk people because <laughs> – that's what I did for years is I used to sing this karaoke song and you know, I, um, I, I had a, a blast and I didn't have to be drunk and I didn't have to change the way I felt. Um, other than I, when I sang my song, I felt just as happy and as good and the crowd reacted just as like I wanted. And, you know, I was on top of the world, just like I was, except I wasn't drunk and I wasn't taking my shirt off and I wasn't, um, being a big deal. Right. Just was having, having fun. But the, this other thing that I say is I treat God like a gentleman and gentlemen don't go places. They're not invited and they don't stay places. They're not made welcome. And I used to, I treat myself that way too, because yeah. I'd go to those dark places and then we punish ourselves. Right. And are we, we try to do too much. Right. And so, um, you know, we need to be all right, being all right and just being okay with where God wants us to be. And I don't want to be any better than you, but I know I'm not any worse than you. And, um, I was an egomaniac with an inferiority complex before I got here. Um, now, you know, I don't, might not think much of myself, but all I seem to do is think of myself. Right. Um, I'm joking there, but I, I feel, I, 
we learn like we have our we we learn that we're not the center of the world we we can care and be there for other people we can help them when we help them we can learn and realize like hey maybe we don't have it so bad or maybe their experience can be useful to us or maybe when we talk about their problems like they reminds us of our problems and so we don't forget because that's the big thing is not forgetting what it was like before we got here. Cause there's a lot of people like, you know, you, you know, let's say you, you got your, you got your uh, brand new baby, right. And you got your girls and you got your beautiful wife. Right. But like, you know, if you forget for a second, how good you have it, how good life God has blessed you. Right. And you go back to being a bum on the couch and not doing the, what you need to do, right? You'll, you know, you might lose it, right? And in sobriety, like we don't, I don't want to lose it. So I'm going to work my butt off to remember what it's like. And that means usually working with someone else. So uh, what I like what you said about like, like what you're doing in sobriety and the meaning that you get out of it, the joy, the sense of purpose. And even if, like you said, this being able to sing karaoke at a bar and have fun and realize this is great. And I'm sober. Um, I remember there was a time again, I was, uh, I, I quit drinking for a while and people, and it was weird because I'd be around people and, and, and we would have drinks a lot at our house. A lot of people would come over to, to, how, to our house and I was drinking watered down apple juice because it looked like beer. And I had to do that. I mean, it's full of sugar, but I had to do that because people were so confused. They're like, what's wrong? Are you taking medication? Why, why don't you drink? And then when I was sober, they'd say, you need to lighten up because they would see that I was kind of cagey. And, and, and I, and, and it's weird. Kind of like you said, like that light in a dark room, I'm like, I see people doing things. I see arguments. I see voices, you know, elevated. I see tempers. I see, um, People doing things they don't normally would do. I mean, that's what people do when they're drunk, right? Um, and then, and then I have that, I have this internal thing that I had to get over was, how do I have fun when I'm not drinking? And like you said, you have to have a different perspective of yourself, a different perspective of your environment to say what it is about me that people like didn't have anything to do with the alcohol. And, and you're living in this moment where it's like, I'm having fun. I'm doing good things. I'm doing, and, and I, and I can't, I, I wish it's almost like, I wish more people who turn to, I wish people who are active religious people would turn to these psychological steps that say you can do better with God, with your faith than you can just with your faith. Um, I think, I don't know. That's where I'm at. I, I, I love people that are able to combine, um, like I said, you know, that this meaning of this, per, the meaningfulistic podcast is, is about people who just don't have just one, one leg of a chair and it's really strong. It's, it's multiple facets of their life that they're able to combine like you, you did through these steps, combining sobriety with joy uh is is something that i think people should learn because i mean let's face it i mean everybody goes to that quick fix um one of the one of the uh 
quotes I got for you. It's uh, it's something that uh, I, I just recently came across. Um, I just recently read a very profound book, uh, Man's Search for Meaning. Victor Frankl was a psychologist uh, who went through World War II concentration camp and came out with a totally different perspective on meaning of life and how why people live, why people who, like you, are looking at life and saying, I don't, or like you were, looking at life and saying, what is my reason for life? I'm not white. I'm not white. <laughs> you're the way you used to be. Uh, you are you are looking for your looking for a reason to live in 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 a world that's like you saw that you didn't have a purpose in, and people turn to distractions. People turn to those things that are those vices, right? And this quote I, I have, I still like. I'm trying to be like a, a baby Mark Donaldson. It's when a person can't find a deep sense of meaning, they distract themselves with pleasure. Pick a drug. Pick an alcohol, pick a pick a pick a vice, pick like you said, money, women. What is it that you use to distract yourself when you feel like you're not getting meaning out of life? And instead of trying to say, let me get more meaning, you say, let me get more substitution of that. Um, but I think you've yeah, found good. Yeah. I think you well, found I'll, that I'll, magic. Alcohol wasn't the problem. It was the solution for a long time, right? It was the solution. It's what I did, right? When there was Aggie football games, it's what I did when there were Astros games. It's what I did when uh, we won. It's what I did when we lost. On game days, we would drink. I get drunk three times on a day before the game, right after the game, and usually that night at the bar. Um, uh so like I'd go to a lot of links to get alcohol. I drink when I had a relationship and I was with a girl and I wanted a wine and diner. I drink when I was broken up with the same girl. And, you know, it was what I, you know, we celebrated wins with alcohol. We celebrated our losses. Um, when I'd go run, we'd celebrate, you know, go have a beer afterwards. Um, hell, there's a half marathon. I think I drank six beers on the half marathon just because it's what I did. I drank beer. I didn't know. Um, that I couldn't, you know, and I thought it was pretty cool that I could. Um, and so that's kind of what I started to live for. And I, you know, and, you know, I want to go work out, but I'm stressed and I'm want to whatever. And, you know, I tell my dad like, Hey, I, uh, you know, I, you know, he's like, he knew he's like, he didn't say like, well, maybe you shouldn't drink. Or maybe I said like, you know, I want to go meet up with so-and-so for a drink or this or that, but I can't, I want to go run, but I don't have time. And he's like, you know, I'm you're stressed out, you know, and you're stressed out because you probably drink and you drink because you're stressed out and it's not a good cycle to keep doing. And then you do it because you're, you drink because you're bored because you don't have anything better to do and all these things and whatever it is, you know, but I can be that way, like in a relationship, like I can get, make it all about the girl, right. And lose myself in that too, you know? And so I've learned, and you know, once I've done good with alcohol, I can do that in a relationship where I can, you know, I can do that with work. Like I'm not, and I can do that with clients. Like I don't have to be, um, I don't have to lose myself to participate in other people's lives. Right. And other, you know, I can do, I can find balance and peace and joy. That's, that's sustainable 
and not these highs and these lows, these extremes. And like, I might not have, like, that's what it, it kind of levels the, uh, the playing field and levels things out. Like when you want to get here. And so, um, but the first, the first part of sobriety is not easy. It's, it's, it's a simple program, but it's not easy. And these guys would tell me, um, man, the first year really sucks. And I, it's like, man, you crusty old son of a bitch. <laughs> the first year. Yeah. And you're, you know, and I was like, I'm actually feeling pretty good. Like I want to, and I, I like positivity and I like positive moving forward. And my new sponsor is all about that. Um, and he doesn't mean we don't talk about real stuff and get honest and talk about things, but like, we aren't going to dwell in that stuff. And, but this one older guy was like, it's the first year really sucks and can really, you know, it's just not even fun, but I wasn't having that bad of experience, but, it, but looking back on it, I think what he means is, some people will say if, if if within the first six months, man, if it was if I it never got any better, man, I'd be happy, right? Like I'd be okay with it being what it was because it's, the first six months was pretty pretty darn good, right? But uh, it just it gets so much better and better and better and better, and that's what that's what I think they should. That's what I would say. I don't want to talk about the first year sucks because maybe it doesn't suck for you. Maybe it's not so bad for you. Maybe it's okay. Maybe it's a seven, right? But it's not a four. And I'm who am I to say that it's a four, right? But but then you realize, like, just like Matthew McConaughey said, like, well, what's my goal? Who's my goal? I'm going to keep chasing that guy 10 years from now, right? And then, okay, are you that guy? No, that's not my goal. I'm, I still want to be like the guy that's 10 years ahead of me. Like, yeah. I want to be the best. And that's where that's where I'm at today. Um, and so it's just a different way to look at things. And, but there's a thing that, um, that we say, and I'm just going to read a couple of the things. Cause it's like, they're, they're like, God has a promise certain things and he promises things in all different ways. Right. Okay. And, uh, and, and I think, you know, he does that in the Bible. He does it in, you know, he puts people in your life for a reason. When we have promise in our life, then that, that positivity, you know, we have something to live for, right? And so I, I was told about this very early on, but it says, uh, if we're painstaking about our fa- about this phase of our development, we'll be amazed before we're halfway through. We are going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. We will not regret the past, nor wish to shut the door on it. It means I'm not any better. Like, I'm not going to forget about what it was like, and I'm not going to um, just ignore it and not acknowledge it. Right. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to appreciate what it was for what it was. I'm going to appreciate all the hard times. I had a lot of fun drinking. I had made a lot of friends. I got a whole community of people that I care about that still drink and I still want them in my life. Right. Um, so I'm not shutting the door on anything. Right. Um, yeah. But uh, it says we will comprehend the word serenity and we will know peace. Uh, no matter how far down the scale we have gone, we will see how our experience can benefit others. So if I can share my experience, particularly my sober experience with someone else, like like you've given me the opportunity to tonight, like hopefully maybe it helps one person, you know, or maybe it helps somebody that knows somebody that needs help. 
and they can reach out. If they want to call me, I'm always available. I've met a really badass ball player um, in this fellowship, and he has said that this is the greatest team that he's ever been on. And, you know, he is in the Hall of Fame. And he's, you know, it's just, it's a great community. And that's all we're here for is to be good teammates in life. Um, So no matter how far down the scale we have gone, we will know, uh, we will see how our experience can benefit others. The feeling of usefulness and self-pity will dis, our uselessness and self-pity will disappear. So that's where I was stuck for a while is I was, I felt pretty useless and I was self-pity. I was, I was consumed with fear and it was bad. Um, we lose interest in selfish things and we gain interest in our fellows. So like we try to be there for people and, you know, support them in business, support them in life, anything. Um, self-seeking will slip away, right? Cause we're, if we're not all about us anymore, we're all about God, we're caring about other people, right? Then we're not the, we're not just trying to take care of ourselves. You know, we're, yeah. we're, um, but then our whole attitude and our outlook upon life will change. Fear of people and economic insecurity will leave us. For sh- I'm there. I, God is abundant. I will. I will get back as much money as I possibly want if I work and stay sober. I have no doubt about that. And if I if I ever get served with a lawsuit and I don't pay someone back as quick as possible, and I you know you know I might go bankrupt. Right. And if I go bankrupt it's not going to be the end of the world because I can still make right what I need to and pay people back. You know, I, just because there's a tool that you can use doesn't mean you can't do more. And so that's where I'm grateful for is like, I'm not worried about like, you know, the, I'm not, I'm not making a big deal about anything because the only big deal there is, is God, you know, and he'll take care of the rest. If I make him the biggest deal. Um, we intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. And then we will suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. And so God is doing for us what we couldn't do for ourselves, because if we could do it ourselves, we would have, because we're selfish people. And, and we're, we're close, we're, we're close minded, right? We think, like you said, we think we can do it. We can solve the problem on our own. And then we are the success at the other end We're that we're patting our own self on the back. Cause we, we, we got through it. Right. And, and that's not the way it works for most people. You know, you can't have any success without, without, uh, someone helping, right. Someone somehow always helping. Well, thank you for helping me and sharing your story. Uh, I, like I said, I always like talking with you because you have all those little nuggets of wisdom that, that I wish I could just continue to write down and have them saved, which I do have some of the ones you sent me and I keep them. And like I said, uh, I think you're recording this. Um, <laughs> listen to it again. The, the one thing that I will say, uh, you know, what I liked and I'd like to start doing it with you again is getting back into the gratitude list. Yeah. And we, you know, people get upset and get stuck and dwell on the negative and live in that stuff. But it's hard, you know, to be grateful. Right. And still be mad and upset about things. So if you live in the gratefulness of all the good that you have and God is good and God is light 
God is truth, right? Then why, uh, why not express your appreciation for God? Like I get on my knees and I pray for God to, you know, please keep me sober. And I thank it for keeping me sober. But I also, you know, I think about what my, what I'm grateful for. And if I'm grateful for it, I'm acknowledging that to God. And, you know, like he, he will return, you know, my efforts, you know, and if I'm selfish about it and I think it's all about me, then he probably takes away some of those and be like, you know, throw a pipe bomb in front of me, you know? Um, That's such a weird, weird, like, like, like pipe bomb, you know, in your life. It's, it's that unexpected, like, you, you know, thing that, that throws you off your, your, uh, uh, your, your life track that totally, you know, you thought you were fine until this thing happens. That's just a funny imagery there. Um, but then, but the other thing is like, it's hard to stay like when you get mad about something, Yeah. you know, normally when you're mad about something, I've never not been mad about something where I also thought I was right. Right. Like I always thought I was right and I was mad. And so what I uh, challenge you with that beautiful bride of yours and these kiddos is when you, when you think that you want to be mad about something because you think you're right, consider that they might be right. And if you consider that they might be right, then that means you might not be right and you might only be right a little bit. Then you're opening your mind to the possibility that you're not right. It's hard to stay mad when you're being open-minded and considering that they could, where they're coming from might actually be the right thing that they truly believe, you know? And, and then the other thing I got to deal with is I don't, it doesn't really matter what other, I can't deal with others, you know, not, I don't play well with others, but I'm working on doing that too. But, but like, if you're acting bad or you're acting up, I can't deal with, I can't control you or change you or do anything. I can only work on me and be the best version of me that I can be and show up in ways where I can restore integrity into my life and show how God did work in my life. Right. Because he could, and he would, if he were sought. So I, I try to seek him every day and I try to do the best I can every day to be of maximum service for him and others. And then, and then, you know, I, 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 um, I do the next right thing. Right. And then I leave it up to him and he's going to control the result. Right. And me trying to control other people or things like that's screws me up. So acceptance is all about being okay with exactly how things are and God's in control, but I'll, I'll work like I'm in control. I'm going to work like it matters to me, but I know that it's all him. So anyways. Amen. Yeah. And then I, have that, have that attitude of gratitude and we'll do the three, three, like you said, uh, what do you say? The thankful, three thankful things every day. It's a good, healthy practice that's even used in a lot of therapy um, for anxiety and depression. Right. Well, thank you again, brother. And, love uh, you, man. Love you, bro. When, when I, you need to get these out there. Don't, don't sit on them. You need to uh, act. Action is the key. 
Yes, sir. You, lead, you, you do the next right thing and you act right and then leave the results up to God. Yeah, so. you got it. I hear you, man. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. All right. God bless, bro. Bye. Bye.